Japanese. Yeah, we'll see who hops on. I, I think, uh, you know, in the email that I sent, I said that I think a lot of people are, are back in the pool, you know, and that's something that we spoke yesterday with the people from Southeast Asia and, um, and just maybe we can talk about how people are going about to all this. I don't know. It's not that we have many people on in the crowd right now, but mm-hmm. um, I kind of start with what's going on with us. Um, a week ago, we were in the water with in a three-lane, three 20-yard three 20 pool, outdoor pool, that the lane lines were like, old school with you know a core there's nothing on the bottom like no tees but we started with three of our professional postcard athletes so we we did one hour a day uh this week we started with a pro group not the university group like because the university like our our facility i don't know if you guys know but at virginia tech we have virginia tech is in blacksburg and our facility is in a different town called Christiansburg. It's kind of like they're together, but it's it's you know, it's it's a different it's a different it's not run by the university. So when the governor last week gave the okay uh, to start the indoor facilities, well, they called us and they told us that we could start with the club team, <clears throat> the university team. We haven't started yet with the university team because that's a different issue, you know. So I sent an email to everybody from my team not to come back because everybody was worried about when the university was going, when the CAC that we call it, the Christian's Work Aquatic Center was going to be open. I told them that it was going to be open, that they allow us to have 50 swimmers at a time. We can have three people per lane in one. You know, like the, the, I think the same guidelines the USA Swimming gave. So what I decided is through the postgrad group, uh, whoever was in town, to, they could sign up with the postgrad group. It's a USA swimming club. It's called Pinnacle Racing. And we have only 12 swimmers right now on campus, like on campus and on practice. Uh, we swim one per lane. And I have five people in one side and five people in the other side. So I have different coaches. and. Um, and yeah, and, and they seem very happy kids. The kids are really excited. Well, the kids, the swimmers are very excited to be back. Basically, there's no plan on, you know, I've been writing these practices for the last 10 weeks for whoever had a chance to practice, but it's very basic. Right now, they're doing one hour, 2,500 maybe, a warm up, some kicks, some pull, maybe some drills, and maybe some easy speed, some electric work, and they go home. Uh, but it's very kind of like hard because not hard, but we have a person in the front door, two people in the front door asking different questions about, you know, kind of like if you go to the doctor, about have you been in contact with anybody, have these symptoms? Another guy is taking the temperature and then another person is directing the athletes to each lane. They have to come in with a swimsuit and they have to leave without changing. So there's no locker rooms. Um, it's on, it's just come in, put the stuff. There's a chair in each behind each lane, put your stuff there. Eight o'clock, uh, sorry, seven o'clock, we start. Eight o'clock, we're done. Uh, everybody on the pool deck has to wear a mask. 
all the kids coming in, whoever the swimmers coming in, they have to wear a mask. And getting out of the water, they have to put the mask. So anytime they were indoors, we have to wear a mask. And we're trying, we've told them there's no deck changing. There's only one bathroom that nobody's using, honestly. There's no going into the locker rooms to do anything. They're locked. They cannot go into the bleachers and put the stuff in the bleachers. So there's a lot of limitations, you know. But also I told the, uh, the people that we need to be very strict with all those things. So we create a good system, you know, because you know how we're using a, a facility from the town and you have the 72 year old lady that is walking around and sees that we're over there and now complains to the mayor. And now we have a problem. So, so far three days like that has been pretty good. Um, you know, we had, um, we had one guy, uh, one of the kids that stay in town that hasn't trained, well, they haven't been in the water for three months. It's just been lifting like on his own, eh? You know, he's like huge. Like if his arm was like this before, now it's like this. And he's been rowing and doing all this stuff. And he calls me on Friday night and says, Sergio, if Monday, if we can swim, I have this thought that I can go 136 in the 200 freestyle with no swimming. And I'm like, uh, and said, yeah, yeah, I got to try. You got to let me do it. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So he walks in. He goes into uh, his lane, swims 200, 200. Eh? He does a 50 pace. Dead. And then um, uh, he, he does another 50 after the 50 pace. He gets up and he went 139.6, I think. But the guy until the 125, and the 139, when he died, he didn't look that bad. You know, he looks so... Mm -hmm. It was like, <laughs> no swims, no fast suit, nothing. Just huge. Like, he was like this, now he's like this. <laughs> so, so it's pretty exciting how the kids have done certain things. Now we, we have to be careful, you know. We have to really, I let this kid do it, but I'm not going to, we're not going to do anything fast just because he was so excited about it, you know. But I think we need to go slowly because, you know, like, on Monday, after he did that 200, afterwards, I thought that he was going to die. You know, he, okay. I think his blood pressure went all over the place. He was like, eh, he couldn't come out. Um, but today, for example, I was watching him swim. Just, it was very easy practice. And he had such a nice flow. Like everybody is just, two, three days later, it's just like looking pretty good, you know? So I think it's, it's exciting. Uh, and then slowly we're gonna progress. You know, uh, next week I might start with ten more minutes. You know, and and maybe in two or three weeks, whoever is is not in town, I might allow them to come back. But I don't want people to just come back. You know, um, so I, I'm afraid that you know, with all the if you were looking if you were following the news with all the coronavirus stuff. There was not enough talk. Every, everything that you plug in was about the virus and the pandemic and social distancing. And then when all this happened with George Floyd, we forgot that we had a pandemic. There's nothing. It's just like the, nobody talks about it. Everybody's out in the streets. Let's mm -hmm. save the world. And, and they forgot it. So I think, I hope not. I hope I'm very wrong. But we might have a second wave <laughs> sooner than we think.
And if we if that, if, that, if that happens, it's going to be very, very depressing for the kids. Ironically, I was actually on a phone call last night with a friend of mine who was uh, who works in the um, health insurance industry, and she was talking about how um, now that people are really, really close together, they've seen a real uptick in coronavirus cases in like Texas and Louisiana and all the southern states. So. Hoping and praying that we're not gonna um, that we're not gonna get a, a second wave. Like you know, Singapore did a very good job on the first time, but they forgot the essential workers. No, the essential workers, the workers that they have that build build everything. You know, like and uh, the ones they they call them mates. You know, uh, I call them slaves, but they and they live in all these little places like. And they forgot about them. So some of them went home, they came back, and they had a second wave. It's not very big, and they shut down the, the country again until July. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and it's a, it's a, it's a small country. So it's going to be interesting. The problem is going to be for us, if they shut down again, I, I'm not sure the clubs, but universities, well, we might be out of a job if football doesn't play. Well, especially since uh, you've got what Auburn, Iowa, and Alabama all have have had a a a case or a couple cases on their campus as the athletes have returned. So that'll be interesting to see how they deal with that as well. Uh, I really feel that instead of testing, well, they should test for whatever, but they should test for the antibodies because I think a lot more people have it had it for sure like i know for example my daughter at princeton that was one of the first schools that they left they 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 canceled classes uh the day after two days after they left campus um two of the two of her roommates that live in the same apartment they had coronavirus one of them was in in boston in the hospital in pretty bad situation so uh, you know so i'm pretty sure and I know, I don't know if I told you about this, but in, in February, one day, I sent home 20, 20, 21 swimmers with fevers. Uh, two weeks, 10, day, yeah, 10 days before the ACC meet championship for the women, we have a technotational that we call it, like a, a meet. I had to send 12 of, of the kids with high fevers. Most of them, they were isolated for one week. We didn't know what the, the heck was going on. High fevers, they couldn't breathe, or muscle aches. You know, a couple of them couldn't, they, they didn't swim very well at ACCs. We thought that they would have t- time to recover. The girls didn't have time to recover. The guys did fine because they had a week more, but the girls had a, a harder time. Uh, the son of our AD in January, he was hospitalized, eight years old. They didn't know what he had. They had to put him on a respirator. Uh, and the uh, inten- intensive care. After a few days, he was out. And while during the ACC for the women's, not for the men's, I think, he had to leave back because they put him back in the hospital, in the emergency room. And they told him at that time that nobody knew about the coronavirus. They told him that he had some sort of strange pneumonia that they didn't know what was going on. So if, if you look at all that, all that stuff that has happened on campuses, 
I think we we already had it. I don't know. That's that's what what we're doing. I mean, I don't doubt that there's a lot more people that at least have the antibodies or have come in contact with it than what they believe. I know part of Texas's numbers going up is because of the increased testing. Um, they started to go into a lot of the meat packing plants. So all of a sudden you're seeing these little tiny communities of like 3,000 people, you know, 50 cases a day. Um, but I think, I haven't heard for sure, but I thought I heard that the, like the hospital beds is what the governor's kind of watching a little bit closely. And I don't think that's, that's been in jeopardy yet. Um, cause like our, our area, Dallas, Fort Worth area, we've been, I think pretty consistent. We've had a few days where it went up higher, but I think we've been pretty consistent all the way through as far as numbers go. So hopefully, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a second increase, but I think, you know, if you ask me, it's got to go through its, its system. I mean, it's got to go through its course before it'll stop, especially since there's no vaccine or anything right now. Yeah. And I would assume with the vaccine, it's probably like the flu vaccine. Half the people that get it are going to get the flu or get it anyways. Sure. Well, I never take any vaccine. I never got the flu shot in my life. And uh, like right after a lot of our kids got the flu shot, we had 20 something people sick with high fevers. You know, it was it was really bad. Uh, so I don't know. Um, it's interesting. But you know, like uh, I don't know what's going on with the, with our the government or whoever is running all this because for two months they were so or more so on top of us social distancing and this and that and da 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 and out of the blue it seems like it disappeared. You know, now it's like let's change the laws, uh, let's take the money from the police, let's make sure that whatever is going on that I'm not going to enter. This is not a forum to talk about that. But I mean, like. It's, it's very interesting. No, I mean, you're, you're right about that. I think um, the, the George Floyd thing definitely took a lot of um, precedence in the news. But I also think at some point after about mid-May, people went, screw this. We've been social distancing and it hasn't worked. So I'm going to go out and if I get it, I get it. Because people are still getting it while we're social distancing and hiding in our homes and stuff. I know driving around Dallas, you wouldn't know that anybody was, there was any pandemic going on. I mean, it's like everybody's out full force. <laughs> yeah. But we were lucky that, uh, so there's two pools now that are open. One's a 50 meter at a, at a fitness facility that they're renting out four of the lanes. So like every team in the area is renting out those four lanes. So I think our top group goes there like twice a week for an hour. And then we have another six lane, 25 yard pool that we're putting the other 800 kids in our program through. So we're up to one, we started this week and we're at one practice a week for an hour. We're excited. Hey, you're doing something. You're better than me. I still can't get in the pool yet. <laughs> but uh, You know, I mean, I, I go and stand and watch the other practices just to feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> but hey, talk about social distancing, 800 kids in, in a, in a, in a four-lane pool. <laughs> well, I mean, when you go from like 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., two per lane, I mean, you're getting 12 in at a time. It's like, oh, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, the kids are excited to be back in the pool. 
I mean, any gym and any fitness facility that has a pool, every, everywhere I've gone, there's like kids with our caps all over the place. And the members are getting all the little old ladies and little old men are getting mad because they come in and there's 15 kids swimming. I'm like, awesome. Now get out so I can get in. <laughs> uh. But they've, they've thought, I tell you what, it's amazing how many kids that sh- took it for granted, but all of a sudden now you see you're like desperate to go and find something to try and swim. I mean, there's so many in backyard pools. There's so many in, you know, community pools that have no lanes, no flags, uh, none of that stuff. So it, it's, it's kind of exciting and impressive to watch these athletes that are all of a sudden, you know, you watch them practice and you're like, why are you even swimming? And now you find out they're like jumping in their backyard pool and backyard lakes to try and swim when they can't. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel, I feel our guys are, feel they're coming every day with a smile, you know, every day, three days. So, you know, they're happy. My son moved out of the house. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, now because we live like 35 minutes away from the pool. So they gave him his apartment. So now he's out and my daughter is out to stop social distancing. She went to Colorado and now I, I'm living the dream. <laughs> Sergio, what in Singapore, did they shut down the pools again or? The- oh yeah. Yeah. Everything was shut down. Now this week was the first week, like, like Joseph was able to practice because a friend of his had a 25 uh, yard pool or meter pool in his house. So he would go there and swim. And the government has only allowed only allows 32 high-level athletes to practice. That's it. 32 in the whole country. And wow. Out of those 32, there's 11 are swimmers. The rest, it doesn't matter. You're not practicing. There's everything close. So wow. there's a lot of ups- upset people because last night you have uh, some coaches from the international schools. There's a girl from Spain in one of the international schools. The, if you're a college coach, you can start recruiting right now. She's mm-hmm. last year she was a sophomore in high school, won 55 long course under freestyle, really good. Mm-hmm. And the poor guy is so upset because they don't allow her to practice, even though the international school has their own f- private facility. The government oh. is not allowing anything. So, so there's a, a little bit of of unease with people, you know, because it's not fair, but. That's what you have when you have a, a, a benevolent dictatorship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, this, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, they opened up a while back and then they had to close right away. And they, they said that they wouldn't open until July something. So they've been closed until July something. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in relationship to what John was saying about someone being excited, I was listening to David Marsh talk uh, to Illinois Swimming last night, and uh, his his assistant was going around interviewing, you may have seen it on Swim Slam, and he said that Kathleen Baker was supposedly like crying in her goggles. She was so excited to be back in a regular pool, you know, regular swimming environment with flags and lane lines, and she was just emotional about it. So even the even the high-level swimmers are, you know, revved up to be back at it. Well, I, 
I think some of the kids are going to be crying their goggles in a couple of months when their coaches get <laughs> the crap out of them. <laughs> we, and have gonna be good. we have to it, catch up. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how quickly some of them revert back to, you know, the old ways. And it's like, okay, we're back in the pool. You know, we're taking it for granted again. I think that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, just kind of as a, as a social <laughs> observation, you know, because you know the first couple of weeks they're going to be excited and yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then at some point they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're doing this every single day again and it hurts. <sighs> yeah, but, but that's, that's the job of our job of using right. some good psychology and good skills of management people and manipulating kids and making sure that we don't push them to that point. The honeymoon yeah. is gonna get over at one point or another, but it's how you treat people, and if they, if you can keep that excitement with the kids and, and slowly build into what you want to accomplish, in the long term you're gonna have more success, and you're gonna have more retention of kids. Right now we start from zero. You know nobody has been in this situation before. Mm -mm. So so it's it's good that you can everybody that comes all excited. It's like you want to make sure that you just keep them excited as long as you can. Right. And that's the trick. Because we as coaches, our brain goes faster than our body so many times. So it's like, you know, after two weeks of training, we'll be like, oh, crap, we can do this. Let's go 3,100, <laughs> 10 seconds rest, best average. <laughs> and then two weeks later, they have shoulder problems. Right. Dying. <laughs> They're telling you that their dog died and they, they're so sad that they cannot come to practice. Nothing has happened, but they'll come up with any excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're like, right before, when, before the pandemic happened, you're like, all, all like, <laughs> so it's a psychology game now. Yeah. I talked to a high school recruit yesterday, a 16-year-old girl from Missouri, and she said they just started back on Monday. And I said, oh, how was it? She said it was, it was fairly hard. She said we we started right back up where we left off. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Uh, shoulders. <laughs> you should have say hashtag live the dream. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we did. So we were at long course this past Sunday, and I mean, it it was hard not to go. It was hard and actually we had like an hour and 10 minutes. So trying to keep it at like 3000 or less, that first practice for, for them was tough. It was like, all right, we're going to go on the next five. We got five minute break here. You know, I mean, intervals were like 115 for 50 kick and a minute for 50 swim. And, and uh, it was just like everything you could do just to not go too much. But, you know, the first 30, 40 minutes was like, all right, you know, they look pretty good, you know, high in the water, they're moving forward. And then it was almost like you blink. And that 35th through 42nd minute, all of a sudden, everyone was like this. And you could see him sitting at the wall like, uh. You know, like, like uh, uh, all the practices that I, I've been writing for the last 10 weeks, because I've been sending, some people have been able to have a pool, or not just here in America, but I don't have intervals, uh, set, set intervals. I have... 10 seconds rest, 15 seconds rest, and, you know, not, no efforts in the sense, you know, as you swim. And, you know, like today, the guys were like, hey, 20 seconds rest. And even though they're like eight feet apart, uh, kicking, they were chatting, you know, and then, la, 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 la. 
And I think when you don't have those intervals, it doesn't matter if you think they're small, you know, that, uh, that they have enough rest. I think it gives them more peace of mind too, because, you know, I have a girl from Poland that she finished the practice, the whole practice, uh, like five minutes before the time. And then the other group of five guys next to her, probably they did 800 less. It's it's okay, like you know. But I think you know you can go on your own pace, you know. And and I think that's 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 important. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to make sure there was plenty of time that they could socialize in between as well. And you know, I was like, all right, give them twenty seconds on the wall to to talk because they haven't seen each other in however long. So yeah, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Jose, have you been practicing? Sergio, how you doing? How's everybody? Um, the answer is no. We don't have access to the pool yet. The AD hasn't opened anything. Everything is all, as you might expect, about football and men's basketball and um, women's rowing. So go figure. Um, we're still waiting. We're still waiting to hear the pool's as far as the wreck goes, they're open, but athletics is not. Um, but like you, I've been sending workouts to several people that have had access to different pools across the country, and some of them are backyard pools, 12 meters, I mean 12 yards, and then some of them have access to a little YMCA here and there. So we've been very um, understanding of the situation. But like you, um, everything that I've done so far in the last – I don't know, five, six weeks has been very aerobic, um, low intensity, no intervals, a lot of drills, a lot of kicking, uh, thinking of body position and just trying to, um, in my opinion, just trying to make him understand that uh, this is probably the most important phase as we're starting to to get back in the water, you know, and they get nervous, they get uh, antsy, they're starting to request intervals and they wanted to swim fast, but... Um, I think our job, or my job at least, is to try to keep him calm and keep him relaxed and, and make him understand that, hey, you know, we got plenty of time. Everything is going to be fine. We just have to somehow get back into, uh, into the swing of things. But no, we haven't been able to formally get back in the water yet. Hey, Ozzy, what, what are they doing with those football players that got, um, that got tested? You know, John, that's a, it's a touchy subject because somehow uh, the information got leaked. Um, you know, the university is really not in a position to disclose any of that information because of HIPAA, you know, and that's just the end of it. You know, I, I heard, I read FSU is going through the same thing and they don't want to give out the information. Florida, I think, somehow is going through that. So they ask, oh, all of them. everybody's getting quarantined, you know, and, and that's what they're doing and just watching, monitoring everything else. Uh, but that's as far as we know, you know, uh, understandably so. I think football, just like mostly every program out there, is kind of like their own separate entity. And, and because of our head coach and the high profile of the program, they, they keep a lot of the stuff away, you know, and, and, and to themselves. So we only know very little information. Um, but that's the only thing that we know up to this point is, is uh, football is going to do what they're going to do. And he's going to push to make it happen some way, somehow. Men's basketball is kind of riding the same way, too, um, because they bring the revenue, right? 
And yep. then outside that, uh, somehow uh, women's rowing got in the mix. And so our point of argument is, okay, you're allowing an sport and it's not in a way, you know, bringing in revenue, but they're going to be outdoors um, in some sort of an element, body of water. So why can we have the same access to that? And, and we have a separate access to the facility, but because we're very next to the football complex, you know, everybody's watching in that sense. So I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, all I can tell you is that Coley's not happy. And so I'm just going to leave it there, you know, off to the imagination of anybody. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I was kind of more curious to if, you know, they would panic and go, all right, everybody's home, school's canceled for the next five years type of thing, or if they would at least ride it out. I mean, I hope for them to ride it out because I think, you know, we'll be in a better position that way than if everybody panics again and sends everybody home. So I was kind of curious in that regard more than anything else. They're going to ride it out. It's, they're talking about millions of dollars for five people infected with the, the virus. Yeah. They're gonna figure it out, and they're gonna, they're gonna. They might not tell people, but there's no way they, they. This they knew that whenever the school opens, this is gonna happen with many adults. Yeah. And so, you know, like one of the things that has happened with our school is that they have returned. Like I think on Monday they said that we're gonna start. August twenty fourth, and on Tuesday, all the all the freshmen got their housing uh, contracts revoked. They told them that they they have to go on a waiting list because they don't think that people can come back. Everybody can come back to campus or the dorms. And, you know, and the people living outside the dorms, like my son, that he had the meal plan. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna allow. It's not gonna be allowed to go into the the cafeterias. You know, maybe they'll have a deliver, not delivery, a grab grab and go type of thing, but they won't be allowed. So there's a lot of things happening. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can we go back and clarify? Does Alabama really have a high-profile football coach? Is that what we're saying here? I don't know. That's what hey, I. Hey, he's got TV commercials, so I would say yes. <laughs> hey, I've heard, I've heard, th- I've heard different things about him. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there. That's for sure. But he's, you know, he's he's just pushing. He's pushing very hard, and he's gonna find a loophole here and there. I mean, we all know that. But, but uh, you know, I I I have the tendency to agree with you know with what Sergio says because one way or another I think there's too much money at stake. There's just too much. You know, yeah. I think we're gonna have to find a way to do it because otherwise we're all gonna have to be looking into different careers at some point because I don't know I don't know what's next out there. But um, I think they're gonna have to find a way to do it because it's just too much. No, I agree. I, I I think they're gonna have to ride it out. <laughs> I mean, I know, you know, I've heard like universities talking about <clears throat> half the classes, you know, live, half of them online. So at least kids can be on campus and, you know, offer them both, which I think is great. I mean, but I, I agree with you. you. These sports, especially, you know, Alabama football, you know, that basically pays for the school and everything else. Um, they lose that. And, you know, there's, there's a whole world of hurting for a lot of universities. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just talking, you know, five or ten people or thirty people. We're talking 
thousands and millions probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you guys' communities is as far as, you know, letting the high schools and, and, and the middle schools and the elementaries and all that, but at least here, they're basically coming out and giving people options, parents options. You can either go entirely online or homeschool, which speaking on my behalf, it was a disaster here in my house, you know, but I don't know how you guys handled that, but my wife and I went, went nuts. Um, or you can go half and half, or you can go back in person. Um, I know as far as the university goes, they said one way or another, we started, I mean, we're going to have a fall. So it's not like they're, they're giving options as to go online or go in person. We're going to have a fall session, a fall, um, you know, a term, and it's going to be just, just normal. And I guess they're going to require everybody to do, uh, you know, social distancing and wearing the mask and, and that sort of a thing. We as a staff are going through that um, um, process of uh, education, you know, doing certifications and things like that so we can be informed and know how to, how to do things on, the, on this new normal type of thing but um that's that's as far as i can tell you you know regarding us i don't know i don't know how you guys are doing it Sergio. i don't know how james you know how you guys are doing it out there but jimmy but um or, or, or jason but it's uh it's very interesting man that's for sure I'm, they decide, just, I'm uh, just enjoying i'm just enjoying every moment <laughs> you know, the, the life is an adventure and maybe we don't have a job ozzy but it's okay <laughs> I have a couple cigars left and a couple bottles of scotch, so we can celebrate. <laughs> good, 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 good. Count me in. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Jimmy? I was just wondering if, Ozzy, if they decided dorm life yet, if they're going to try to, you know, limit the number of people and spread it out. And, uh... Nothing. We have absolutely no information as to dates. When are we coming back as to what are the guidelines? I mean, you know, we see, everybody sees what USA Swimming is suggesting and doing, and, and it seems like everybody's kind of following that procedure, but we haven't even gotten that far yet. Uh, rumors, you hear rumors just like everywhere. You know, they talk end of the month, mid of the month, uh, next month, uh, when, you know, the fall semester starts. So when no one has any, any clear uh, information, I think the case... It's moving in the right and in a positive direction based on the fact that others, and I'm speaking on behalf of the other SEC schools are getting back in the water. Like, you know, you see Jason right now. Um, I heard other programs are kind of doing the same thing too. Um, so that's going to help our case because our administration is going to look into that and say, okay, now you create the biggest debate, which is, it won't be the same uh, uh, system for everybody else because if you have four or five schools getting in the water versus two or three not getting in the water, now everybody starts talking about, okay, it's not fair, what they're doing, what they're not doing. So, again, it, it creates a massive chaos, but no one has an answer, at least, you know, on our perspective. I'll give you last week – well, I, I won't tell you which school, but uh, one of the schools that I've talked with uh, – they are uh, half of the dorms, they're gonna be closed. So that means that they have half of the capacity, but on the other half of the dorms, they will only allow one person per room. So that's even more half of the capacity. So what their plan right now for that school is the dorms that are not gonna be open are gonna be kind of like a quarantine dorms 
for anybody to get sick. So what they've done, they got all the hotels around the school and they kind of like either list them. I don't know. I don't think they bought them, but they, and those are going to be also rooms for this, for people. So that's what one school is already yeah. done. That sounds like what we do at Bull Summer Camp when kids get the flu. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quarantine room, in, out, in, out. Uh, I, I think that's going to be very interesting because yeah, that cuts the number of rooms in half percent, uh, like, not 50, like 25%, pretty much. No, yeah. 33%, I guess. You know, so that's a big hit also for the university. You got extra money, invest in apartments and housing on college campuses, right? Like, hey, our school last year, they made the mistake of, send, well, not the mistake, but they didn't, they didn't think that many people were going to accept the offer that they sent. So they always sent a higher number of, of offers. So somehow they had over a thousand kids, freshman kids, incoming kids with no upper rooms. So a lot of them, they... The, the school got the Holiday Inn and different hotels, and they've been living in hotels this past year. Wow. So like, and some of the dorms that they have, the, the common room and all this, they put bunk beds. So, you know, in those common rooms, you had five people. Wow. So uh, it's been very interesting. So we already had over 1,000 people with no beds. <laughs> now I'm not sure what they're going to do. Yeah. I thought, I thought the... The quarter system has probably a better setup. Like Stanford had their announcement where you're you're on campus two quarters and off campus one. So I guess in theory they cut it down to two thirds, you know, and uh, uh, they probably figure out the sports teams, you know, two quarters either back to back or if they're a fall sport like soccer, they could be off on the winter and you know come back in their spring. You know, I mean, I think, I think the important thing is that they, whoever the powers that be are, is that they they give, well, for you know, they allow the universities to figure it out, allow the athletic departments to figure it out because it, it can be figured out, and it can be done to work to the best, I mean, not the absolute best situation that we'd theoretically like to have again, but at least it can work so that the swim team can be there all year long and trained appropriately, you know, let the, let, let the people that are there in that area, let Alabama figure out Alabama, let Virginia tech figure, figure out Virginia tech and so on and so forth, because that's how it's going to work. I mean, th- that's yeah. just, that's just the best way for it to happen. But John, because Alabama, John, the, I know. It's the, not reality, work the reality out. is this. The people at Alabama and the people at Virginia Tech and the people at uh, uh, any school, they don't want to take the first step. Nobody wants to take the first step because that's right. a, in this country is a liability thing. And oh, wow, blah, 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 blah. Oh, absolutely. So everybody is like, if I ask a question to my AD, the, my associate AD, the, he was a swimmer. He's from South Carolina. He's the best person that I could have ever thought. He's awesome. When I ask him a question about something and he opens his mouth, I know, I know the, the, the political guy is coming and there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. No, I, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right about that. There's, I mean, we're and, screwed and, because of that. And you know me, sometimes, and I told him, I told my idea, I said, sometimes I'm going to be the biggest asshole. I'm going to tell you the things in a way that you're not going to like it. 
but I'm just trying to bend. I have to bend yes. somebody. So he's just listening to me. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. But he won't say anything. You know, he will not give you one inch. And not because he doesn't want to help us. Eh? The guy is going to work very hard for us. I don't, I don't want to lose that guy. Uh, but You're right. Liability. Nobody wants to be that first no, guy to yeah. get the heap of lawsuits. So, and, 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 it sucks. And more for sports like us. Who cares about swimming? Yeah. Sorry. It's like, yeah. no, no, it's true. Nobody cares. And it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I, I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way about, you know, like uh, Virginia Tech, because I think Virginia Tech, they have shown me that, and I don't know about your school, Jimmy or Alabama or Jason, but they have shown me that they care. But at the end of the day, we're so far down that we're the first ones to go if we need to. There's no hesitation about that. Yep. And, and it's okay. It's part of who we are and we don't bring revenue. But for example, in the last four weeks, I brought $250,000 to the school. You know, I, I was already done with 2020 people. But, you know, since other people still ask me if, if we have spots in this and they're going to walk on, that's $250,000 that I keep telling the school, hey, I brought another $50,000. Hey, I brought another. Because that's my, my way of showing them that I didn't want to have 44 girls, but it's okay. I'll, I'll carry that. And I can cut my budget, and instead of taking them anywhere, they just come train and be part of the team. That's what they want. You know, If I was in a normal situation, I wouldn't have those five kids. There's no way. And they're great kids. Eh? I'm not trying to, but, you know. But now, eh, right. I can tell them, hey, look, don't worry about us, but mm -hmm. we're bringing you $250,000 more. For the next four years, so so I think uh, you know you have to play that game. Yeah, no one would want to be a, a college administrator right now, right? With what they have riding on their decisions. So I'm involved in some across America, right? So we've been trying to figure out if we could have our event and all that. We cut it down and came up with a plan where we run small groups of people through and the national office just last week said no events live because the uh their insurance people the risk management people said we can't do it we can't afford if somebody gets sick and sues and all that kind of stuff so um i mean we're doing it in a virtual way so we'll still try to raise money but you know same thing for the colleges i mean uh they're gambling and like we said, they, it's it's money, <laughs> right? Or the risk of or be safe. But and, but for uh, us, you have to be creative. If I can show that I can bring money now, we have some alumni events that I need to. I want to generate over hundred thousand dollars by by September. If I can keep doing that, you know, they're gonna think twice to cut us before another team that is not doing anything. Right. You know? yeah. Because we're keeping the relationships with alumni, we're keeping this, we're doing that. We yeah. have a, a process, a thought process that, so we are actively doing something to help the school. Make sense? Right. And that's something that every, every sport, like not football and basketball or even baseball, if they bring money, but all the rest of us, we have to do that. You know? yeah. When I was with you at Northwestern, 
one of the things that I learned from, from Bob Groseth is that we as coaches, college coaches, we need to endowed our teams, make sure that the coaches' salaries are endowed, the scholarships are endowed, that everything, that's through the alumni relationships and creating all that, you know? And that's something that we have to, now more than ever, we have to dive in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, what I mean, I don't know, I don't know if universities lost money because of this, because they weren't having to pay anything out, but I would assume that they lost money because they were still paying teachers and had it. Oh, yeah. some of them, I'm sure gave back refunds to athletes or, you know, students and whatnot. So you got to figure that when you come back, I mean, number one priority, well, should be safety, but it's probably going to be number two because number one priority is going to be finances in order to make sure that, they don't have to cut 10 teams or eight teams and, you know, fire people or drop salaries and whatnot. I mean, who wants to go tell Saban he's not going to get 10 million a year? <laughs> not me. Uh, 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 if they give me a 2%, I, I would, I would tell him, uh, but, <laughs> but like, my, like the school lost a lot of money. Like my, my son got a refund of thousand dollars for his, uh, for his, uh, dorm, you know? And he could have had a refund of his food too, you know, because we already pay for it. So he, he chose, we got the money for, from the dorm, but the food, he kept it there to use it the following year. But now if he's not going to be allowed to use the, the dorms, we're going to get that money back. And you're talking about one person out of 30,000 students. That's a lot. Yeah. If you talk, if you talk a thousand dollars of out of 30,000 students, for whatever reason, one can be dorms, one can be class, whatever it is. Start putting numbers, zeros. <laughs> you know, that's three million dollars. Yeah, no more. And I was like, so uh, the schools have lost a lot of money for sure. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. so, we're gonna have to go back to the club. <laughs> You know, depending on the club, it's not necessarily doing that much better either. If we can't get into a pool, there's no club. That's true. Yeah. Or if only one pool's open and, you know, 800 uh, programs are fighting for those four lanes, uh, that's not much better either. Yeah. Maybe it's time to retire for somebody like me. <laughs> Is Joseph with you at Virginia Tech now? No, he left, uh, I think, at the end of March. So he's, he cannot come back yet because of the borders are closed. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I only have maybe four or five postcards here. Uh, the rest, Farida left, uh, people left, uh, Anton went back to Iceland. Because they were afraid that if everything got closed, they couldn't see their families, and you know. So. Yeah. But uh, the first, I know Joseph and Farida, and, and as soon as they can, and it's open, they'll come back. You know, one of the things that we we're talking about training. I don't, I don't know if you were here, uh, you logged in before, but uh, Joseph had to go back to the national training center. They told him he didn't want to go back; he wanted to stay 
whatever he was doing it. And the problem, like uh, the National Training Center, you have Sonia Porter, that she was at Alabama. And you know, you know, you, so, you know Sonia, Jimmy from Northwestern, he's Bryce and he understands the, the system. But then you have also Stefan Wilner, uh, he's an Australian coach. Very brilliant, great guy. But he's the type of guy that it's about this and more work and this, this and that, that. And it's the total opposite that Joseph needs. So I have to really tell Estefan that you cannot, like if I give him a page of practice like this, you know, with all the practice, every day he will send it back to me, Estefan, with so many annotations and, you know, all these and all that. And, and that drives crazy, Joseph. Joseph wants to get out of there because he cannot handle that. You know, he doesn't want all that. He just wants to keep moving one step at a time. Yeah. So it's a very interesting uh, thing, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to tell a, a very experienced coach that has coached Olympians, that please, please, just, it's basic. Don't do anything. Just let him be. <laughs> the practice is 2,400, and if he wants to do 1,800, just let him do 1,800. Not like, you know, if he wants to kick upside down, let him kick upside down. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's important. You know, you have to understand when when you can push and when you cannot push. So, but but Joseph is doing pretty well. Like like he's very happy, and you know, I think as soon as they can. They'll come back. So, I don't want them to come back yet. I don't. Like I was yeah. talking with Farida and she was asking me, but Sergio, what do you think? It's like, do you think the Olympics is going to happen? And I said, yes, I have to believe it. You know, until the last moment, you have to believe it. And do you think we're going to be okay? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Either you believe it or you need to be out of this business. You know, so there's no rush. You know, you want you just take one day at a time. And if you're consistent, you know, you'll be good. And if not, you can stop now. And, so, yeah. Does everybody know, I assume Greg Troy has his group in Florida in, or they've been in for a while? Anybody know? I've, I've only heard bits and pieces. I know... I think Caleb at one point was swimming like three days a week, but I know he's up in the Adirondacks or hiking the, whatever the trail is that goes from Georgia up to Maine, or at least he was last week or last few days, but I think they've been in and out. I think at one point they were driving down to Ocala to swim. I don't know. Jason might know more. Wow. It's just time to connect with the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I think he's been he's been abducted. He's not moving. <laughs> That's like it. And it's gonna be it, you know it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be interesting if we get to the Olympics. What's gonna happen? Ooh, gonna like, yeah. Everybody's gonna have to sit in the stands six feet apart and. <laughs> well, hey, at the Olympics, at the Olympics, it's okay because it's such a boring meet in the sense, in the sense that nobody likes really to cheer. It's not like, but it's not like a NCA meet or something like that. It's very, it's like if you're in a hospital. It's like sometimes it's like uh, world record, and if oh, <laughs> but I don't know. 
it doesn't seem so exciting when you're there. Uh, be interesting to see how they handle the athlete village if they're they're still one thing is gonna stop it's like they, they're gonna save money isn't condoms it, it, i'm sorry to say that but i don't know about that Sergio. Like, have condoms and, and half mask yeah it's like or a condom inside a mask i don't know you know you know it's it's one of the things that's crazy at the olympics there's a, a ball of condoms everywhere you go for the athletes. <laughs> so I think <laughs> social distance, no, it's like there's going to be no nothing. Not in the sack. <laughs> I guess. Well, they might have to spend more money on it because you got to put one on your hands and one on your <laughs> – one over your head so you don't oh, breathe yeah, on yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, okay. Athlete's protection. Sorry. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big face mask. I mean uh, – yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it'll be interesting that's for sure what did they say i think i heard that they said that they have to make a decision by october on the olympics i don't know if that's a hard fact thing or not but um, you know uh in order to make it happen and make it go they'll have to decide by then i don't know i think I don't think, I think, I think, in my opinion, it's all about money. It's all, this thing has already cost so many billions of dollars to Japan. Uh, they're gonna, I, I don't think they're gonna cancel it now. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Costly. It's gonna be hard getting bidders in the future. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be afraid. Well, I mean, you've got the Olympics set through, what, 28. So, I mean, we've got eight years, well, technically six years before the next one has to be decided. So hopefully by that point, things will be figured out. If not, we're definitely screwed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you guys want to be entertained later, uh, uh, I don't know if some of you go to the uh, Swim Joe thing that Sid Cassidy and those guys do. They'll have Randy Reese on tonight, which could oh, be oh, oh, yeah. that would be great. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. We should have a bet of how many times he uses the F word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Not the most politically correct guy in our sport, but uh, one hell of a coach. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. When I was in Florida, I was always scared to talk with him. <laughs> like, you know, he always treated me. He was so nice to me, but he was like, "Hey, Sergio, blah 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 blah." blah. And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> and then, and then you pick uh, Eddie Reese in his department, and, and he's like, "Ah, the world is so beautiful." Well, guys, I actually gotta go. I gotta, I gotta take a couple phone calls that I've been pushing off. So thank you guys. It was great to see you guys. All right, man. Have a yep. good one. And maybe next week will be you and me, Trevor. Maybe. <laughs> mano, right. mano, mano, mano. <laughs> exactly. When this is all over, Sergio, I probably will take a trip down to Christiansburg to come see you in person. Anytime. We're here. And you know, we'll have a cigar and a little bit of a whiskey. That's great. <laughs>
<laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. See you, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else you guys have? Yeah. I like your background, uh, Ozzy. Yeah, thank you. I like to play with it every now and then. Nice. <laughs> just do what we can. You know, no, it's just because I got I got a bunch of family here, so sometimes I go mute, and it's because world war is happening here. You know, it's <laughs> dog and my in laws, and I got people walking in the background, so I'm like, I'm just gonna go ahead and fix it. But uh, <laughs> life is happening, you know. Yep. Sergio, I assume when you were at Auburn, you you couldn't wear anything red, probably at all. Huh? Is that uh, probably no, 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 we couldn't. No, that was, uh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Whatever color they have, it's a strange. Uh, we couldn't wear that color. There was no way. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, it was kind of funny because Auburn had very similar colors than, than I had in the past with uh, balls or with other different teams, you know. And even, even now, I still have orange, you know. Uh, I don't have the blue. But, um, all, right. all right guys all right thank you yeah, thanks for, thank you thanks for showing up thank you maybe next week we can i don't know i'll, I'll keep doing it until nobody shows up keep doing it keep doing it we'll bring more people we gotta find uh, it it's okay you know like uh, maybe the, the the next week or when nobody shows up i'll just talk to myself <laughs> and i'll have a couple of drinks <laughs> uh, it'll be a great I'll, show Maybe I'll grab a deer that they're happening every, they're walking by every day here and just have a chat with the deer. There you go. Bring the deer and bring Albert's uh, dog. Oh no no no! That dog is crazy. That dog. Is crazy. <laughs> yeah, See you guys. All right, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye. -bye. <laughs>